Let's bring in Jimmy Vielkind, the Bureau Chief for Politico New York. Jimmy, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, Dave. I think you have uh, daughters. How? how you, I, this is a personal question, but bear with me. There's, there's relevance coming here. Uh, how old are they? They are six and three, and if you hear any loud crashes from upstairs... Okay. The, the, the reason I'm asking is there's a children's book out there that I'm betting you're familiar with. It's called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. It's a whole series of books about a kid that uh, goes through some troubles. And uh, when I heard of that, uh, the week that Andrew Cuomo had, uh, that title came to mind. Andrew and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Tell us about his Wednesday. It started with something called Subsidy Day. I guess that's your name for it where he unveils a lot of economic development projects across the state. Well, you're, you're right, Dave. It should have been a very good day for Andrew Cuomo. He essentially announced $755 million in state funding, uh, which should have generated great front-page stories around the state. Uh, Project X, Project Y gets funded by the state. We win X amount of dollars. Uh, isn't this lots of fun? Uh, and at the same time, just before he did that, he also signed a piece of legislation that had been sought by uh, transparency advocates, good government groups, the New York Civil Liberties Union, and the state's newspaper publishers. And essentially what this bill does is when someone lodges a freedom of information law request, which oftentimes are journalists doing that, they now, if they are denied, stand a much better chance of getting the money that they spent on any legal case or any lawsuit reimbursed by the state. Essentially, it's changed the standard, and it will make it easier when people have to sue to get records from the state for their legal costs to be covered. So the idea here is that you're making it easier for people to bring lawsuits, and you're making the government probably more likely to give up records to avoid the idea and the cost of these lawsuits. Great stuff. Happy day. Things were happening. Those things had happened. Two major feathers for Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he does his uh, subsidy day award ceremony, which the technical, their preferred nomenclature is the Regional Economic Development Council award ceremony. Right. The, the, the subsidy day, I think, is a Jimmy Vielkind trademark, is it not? That is, that is a Jimmy Vielkind trademark. Go to the patent office and check me. <laughs> and the governor took questions from the Capitol Press Corps for the first time in a pretty long time. Uh, we last spoke to him in person in October at a joint appearance with Senator Chuck Schumer. Uh, but this was the first time we really got a chance to, to talk with him. And, and he and his aides must have known that there would be questions about Sam Hoyt, the uh, former economic development official in western New York and former assemblyman who is uh, in the middle of a sexual harassment investigation. He had to know there would be questions about Joe Prococo, uh, his close political aide and surrogate brother, whose federal corruption trial will start in a matter of two weeks. He had to know that there would be other questions about sexual harassment, the climate of uh, the Me Too moment, for lack of a better word, in the country, and how the Cuomo administration is fitting into that. Uh, and in, it was in the context of that question that Cuomo really uh, took a shoe, baked it in the oven, sautéed it with some garlic and onions, and then, you know, feasted on it. Uh, in his own mouth. We, we have that tape. Let's listen to it. This is courtesy of New York Now. The governor started out talking about his, uh, his, his need to, or I guess his, 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 his want to, include in the state of the state message some new gun legislation that would make uh, domestic violence uh, offenders 
immediately, without the discretion of a judge, immediately forfeit their guns. So he starts out talking about that, but you're right, it does end up leading into Sam Hoyt and sexual harassment. Here's how it sounded. We've used those moments in time effectively before. Sandy Hook happened. We passed sensible gun control, right? Uh, Paid family leave, etc. When people are focused, that's the time to make change. And uh, that's what we want to do in New York. But, but, but nevertheless, you did have it going on within your own administration, allegedly, with Sam Hoyt. What could you do differently to, you know, kind of pick up on that? Well, more? look, you have it going on in journalism. Yeah, I know. What so, are you going to do differently? Um, but the question they, is about state government. Yeah, it's, it's about, about state I could tell you later in great detail no, about that if, you, it's if you're about interested. You and journalism. And it's about you and journalism. And it's about state government. And it's about carpentry. Is your administration going to do anything forces. differently to maybe be a little we bit more? We will have warmer? policies in state government, obviously, that affect state government. But I think you missed the point. When you say it's state government, you do a disservice to women, with all due respect, even though you're a woman. It's not government. It's society. It was Harvey Weinstein in the arts industry. It's comedians. It's politicians. Uh, it's chefs, right? It's systemic. It's societal. It's not one person in one area. It's not just Charlie Rose, right? It's not just Matt Lauer. It's not just journalists. It's societal. Okay, I understand, understand the breadth. Of one the thing. problem. You just like but name one no. thing. No. It's called the state of the state. Come okay. and cover it and right. see the well, agenda. In the meantime. Okay, so he hinted that during the state of the state message there will be something about sexual harassment. But in the meantime, did I hear it in there where he said to a female reporter that by raising the issue of sexual harassment that, uh, that basically she's doing a disservice to women? And that was the real quote that, that uh, I'm sure that the governor would have tried to take back. Uh, and, and it seemed like after he said it, he did try to pivot more and broaden it. But the words came out. The words came out, and they were, they were kind of galling. And, and Dave, keep in mind the, the overall context of this week. We have spoken about and we think about Andrew Cuomo in the context of a potential 2020 candidacy. Uh, he's obviously running for re-election next year. And another New Yorker who's talked about a lot in Washington in particular as a 2020 candidate is Kirsten Gillibrand, the U.S. Senator. In the last 10 days, she has called for Al Franken to step down from the U.S. Senate over the allegations against him. Uh, and she has said that Donald Trump should resign because of the sexual harassment and sexual misconduct allegations against him. Here, in that context, with potential 2020 Democratic candidates saying these words, comes Andrew Cuomo telling a long-serving female reporter that she's doing a disservice to women by asking him about what he's doing about sexual harassment. So it was, it was incredibly jarring. Uh, it was uh, incredibly ham-handed. Uh, it was incredibly tongue-tied. And the press coverage was horrible. And all the good things that you and I had talked about earlier were gone, erased from the headlines and essentially erased from the public consciousness. Jimmy Vilkind is with us. He's the Albany Bureau Chief for Politico.com. Now, Jimmy, after this event, he did reach out to that reporter, Public Radio's Karen DeWitt, uh, and, and talk to her, or at least tried to soften the blow? My understanding is that he did apologize. Uh, the governor also held a conference call with other reporters, uh, including, I assume, uh, Karen, 
to, to try and walk back and clarify his statements, as he said. And he just said, look, you know, I, I didn't mean that her question was that. I, I just want to make clear that this is broader than just state government, and uh, that's how it should be discussed and thought about. But there, too, he kind of had a bad day and a little bit of controversy, holding a conference call with reporters uh, while some of you guys were actually in his office to talk to him. Explain that. Well, this actually happened two weeks ago. and I th- Oh, I thought this was the same day. My apologies. Okay. No, it was a prior Thursday uh, where the governor had wanted to, to speak about the, the federal tax bill, which is now, as of uh, this weekend, steaming ahead in Congress. Uh, at that point, it was still a little bit um, more in its formative stages. Governor Cuomo has been pushing against the federal tax overhaul. He says that it will hurt New York because by eliminating or curtailing the deductibility of state and local taxes, it will pinch wealthy taxpayers. It will prompt those taxpayers to leave the state of New York. That will make it much harder for state and local governments to raise revenue. And everyone who's uh, left staying, like you and me, Dave, will be forced to either pay more or deal with fewer government services. So Governor Cuomo has been repeating this point over and over again, and he held a conference call to do it, which was somewhat galling for those of us in the Capitol Press Corps who realized, hey, wait a minute, he's in Albany today. Why is he doing a conference call? Um, And the reason that's a problem, and it's important, I think, for listeners to understand, is that in that format, the governor and his aides can select which questions are asked. Uh, They can prevent a moment where there's a back and forth, just like the one we heard a moment ago, in which perhaps the governor makes news because a reporter is able to ask a follow-up question, is able to push him on a point that he has just made. On a conference call, like a talk show, you can pick the lines you go to. Exactly. And it's a much more sanitized exchange. So uh, we ended up going down outside of his office and calling in to prove the point that we were much rather have an in-person interaction with him. Uh, And then over the course of the day, I found out that the governor's aides were planting the questions that various reporters would ask, Mm. Uh, basically saying, we think you should ask about uh, uh, issue number X. Do you think that uh, Santa should be coming into Buffalo before Albany this year on Christmas Eve? Uh, And if you don't uh, ask the, if you ask that question, we'll call on you and you'll be able to ask the question. But if you don't agree to ask the question that we're suggesting, as some of my colleagues in the press corps, including Ken Lovett from the New York Daily News did, then we will not let you ask a question on the conference call. So I I haven't been able to ask a question on the conference call in, I think, about uh, several years. I can't even remember the last time. Uh, And so once once this came out, uh, it was was kind of jarring to think of the fact that the governor's aides are pre-screening and pre-planting the questions that he has asked. Wow, and all of this in a week when... It's not a good look for him either. <laughs> all of this recently in a time when Brian Kolb has announced he's running for governor. Uh, on the on the Democratic side, Terry Gibson has uh, said he's he's looking at running as well. Uh, the, the wagons are starting to circle here, aren't they not? The wagons are starting to circle, and as I said, if Governor Cuomo wants to be thought about in the context of a 2020 race... It's uh, it's it's the jockeying and the positioning is is well underway. So uh, not a good 10 day fortnight period for the governor. All right, Jimmy, thanks for helping us recap all that. Jimmy Vielkind is the Albany Bureau Chief for Politico.com.